Welcome to Make This Your Podcast, where I'll be giving you the roadmap and inspiration you want and need to scale your life's work with digital courses and schools. I'm your host, Destiny Berman, course marketer and digital strategist. Are you ready to make the shift and reinvent your work online? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Make the Shift, where I'm going to bust through and demystify five popular myths when it comes to creating and launching your course revenue stream. Now, online courses are becoming more and more popular, and for good reason, across all businesses and industries. In fact, I believe that every subject matter expert will have an online course in the next five years. So it's really just a matter of when. If you have any question about whether an online course revenue stream works for you, whether it's a brick and mortar business, an online business, you're already teaching, you're an educator, or you are a professional, a service-based consultant or coach, if you have any doubts about whether having a course revenue stream is the right fit for you, that you definitely want to catch this episode because there's so much information out there about having this leverage offer, having this course revenue stream, what it means for you and your business. But it also means that with so much information out there, there's false information and there's conflicting information. So the five popular myths that I want to break through today is to help save you time and energy and for you to help evaluate and assess, is this my next step? Is this the next move for me? Now, in case we haven't met, I'm Destiny, and I'm a course marketer who specializes in helping leaders and professionals and experts reinvent their professional calling by scaling their life's work online with digital courses, programs, and even schools. And I've been fortunate to help my clients bring in over $17 million in revenue over six years, and we are just getting going. So let's dive right in. Myth number one, other people already have a course around my topic. And in fact, there are so many courses in my subject matter expertise around the topic that I want to teach on. I can't possibly make it now. I'm too late. I'm too late to the game. How will I stand out and why will people pay attention to me? So this feeling of, am I too late? It's too crowded. My competitor is more well-known. They've got a bigger following. I can never compete. It's a concern that comes up for everyone at all stages of business, at all levels of expertise. Here's my response to that. Number one, there are billions of people online who want to learn and consume education online. Not only that, but 2020 has made online learning more mainstream than ever before, all the way from higher education to creators putting out more content. So not only has this market expanded to unprecedented levels, now we're at a stage where people expect to learn online and they accept learning online. For you to have a six, a seven-figure business, assuming that is what you want, you are converting a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the people who are looking to learn online. Does that make sense? So absolutely, it can be intimidating, can be overwhelming when you see 
other well-known experts or competitors in your space establish and having online courses. But what I see time and time again is that your specialty is your destiny. And the more you're willing to go deep, the bigger you can go. And when I say go deep, I'm speaking to not only the subject matter expertise, but also to your niche. Because when it comes to online knowledge transfer, subject matter expertise and your niche are intrinsic. The deeper you go, it will force you to go more narrow in your niche. So my question for you is this. If you had to pick one thing you want to be known for, what is it? And if you are in a popular market, say you are, you're a life coach or you're teaching yoga or you're teaching, you're helping people get fit and lose weight, how can you specialize in your area? Whether it's focusing on yoga therapy, yoga diabetes, or picking a specific area of life coaching. So again, I ask you this, if you had to pick one thing you want to be known for, what is it? Now, if you think about e-commerce companies, I think this is a good example. If you're starting to feel, oh gosh, I'm not sure, you know, if I go to narrow, what if I get pigeonholed? What if I want to launch other courses in other areas of my subject expertise? Because how many of you are so passionate and not only are you passionate, you have depth of expertise across different modalities, across different areas of profession, or you feel so creative that you don't want to go that narrow. Well, starting narrow doesn't mean being narrow forever. Amazon started with books. Zapple started with shoes. Bomba started with socks. Now, Amazon is known for everything, for selling everything on their platform. Bombas has expanded to underwear. It's easier to be known and to grow faster in this huge online space, regardless of when you enter the market, if you're willing to specialize and to go deeper. That's why it's a myth in terms of believing that it's too late. The market has never been bigger. And it's up to you to carve out your specialty and to really own your uniqueness when it comes to bringing your knowledge online. When I first started, I focused on serving yogis and wellness experts launched online courses. And I was able to grow my business very quickly, earning six figures in eight months before I started expanding who I was serving and before I even started to roll out my school. So that's myth number one. And the question for you there is, so what is the one thing you want to be known for? Myth number two, I can't learn all the technology that comes with creating and launching a course. I'm not a digital native. I don't understand tech. And frankly, I'm afraid of tech. How many of you feel this way? That yes, you're an expert at speaking, you're an expert at delivering in an online format. And even with the pandemic, you've now been teaching on Zoom. But when it comes to holding events online, you feel that hesitancy and you're afraid that you can't pull it off. Further, the idea of sending these emails and how all the pieces come together is it just seems like this big black hole for you. The first thing to consider 
is that we are talking about adding a whole new revenue stream to your business, to your practice today. This is about expanding your business beyond the limits and the boundaries of what you're facing today, whether you're moving from one-to-one to one-to-many, or you are taking your in-person, offline events and teachings into an online format, or you're even taking a product and turning that into knowledge-based content. So we are expanding your business and adding this whole other revenue stream to your business. And I would say about half of our business owners will get, will hire support in this area. So it's not that you have to do everything yourself. So number one is this is a total myth that you can't conquer technology because you don't have to do everything yourself. And in fact, it is likely that over time you'll be bringing on support to help you with your tech implementation. The other thing you want to keep in mind is that It used to take weeks and months to set up an online business between your website, having taking payments online, even having to create a custom membership site to host your online content. And again, just from even six to seven months ago, technology has accelerated. And what software applications have been able to do intuitively has skyrocketed. You can now set up a beautiful looking website in a matter of hours and accept payments in a matter of hours. So why is this important to you? Well, one, thanks to players like Apple, intuitive design has never been so prevalent when it comes to using technology. Look at how we were all able to adopt Zoom during the pandemic. And absolutely, if we're not comfortable with technology, there is a learning curve, even if you decide to take on support and help with this. The one thing you wanna keep in mind though, is that technology not only has gotten more intuitive than many of us realize, it's that there is one click that needs to happen for it to all come together. And that is how all the different pieces connect. How does the landing page connect to your email system? And how does delivering that webinar connect to your email system? Once this click happens for you, and I work with clients who have never held a webinar before, who did not even understand how to go online and teach online, and they've gone on to build very successful six and seven figure course businesses, is that once this click happens for you, one, you can learn. Two, once it happens for you, it is more intuitive than you realize, and it will all come together. And then whether it's right away or over time, you will be able to get support with the implementation even as it becomes easier for you. So know that if our kids can learn how to use an iPad, the software and technology, the tools that are required for our course business is getting to the point where it's that intuitive so that even for those of us who are scared of technology and we're not digital natives, we can absolutely get past this to get our launches off the ground. The reality is that we we need five core software pieces to get this off the ground. It's never been that simple. If you want to check out my episode on technology and tools, on software and tools, you'll want to click on the episode in my show notes. Okay, let's talk about myth number three, because this is a big one. My email list, my online audience and following is simply too small to launch a course. 
This is probably the biggest fallacy that keeps us from getting online. The reality is that we do not, and I must say this again, we do not need a large audience to have a successful course launches, especially if you're owning your specialty, you're owning your expertise, and how many people are online these days wanting to consume knowledge and wisdom. Now, there's this concept that has been presented by Lee Jin about the 100 true fans. And I love it because before it used to be about having a 1,000 true fans online. But now, because there's so many people online and the fact that there's so much content online, it's about focusing on creating a loyal network that doesn't have to be huge. And if you have 100 true fans who's paying you $1,000, that's $100,000. So it's more about focusing on value and connection and having the right fit for what it is that you want to teach and offer versus needing thousands and tens of thousands for people, for business owners like yourself to have a successful course launch. Now, I have examples of teachers who launch with a zero-person list, but they launched it to their students that they were in front of on a weekly basis, and they had 20 people inside their first course launch. Boom, you're in the game. And this gets you off the ground and running. It's more important to have your first cohort of students, whether it's 20 people or 50 people, so that you can be teaching and learning and bringing in that revenue for you to keep reinvesting in your business. I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is to wait too long. They think that if I get my list to 5,000, then I'll launch. We like to see a minimum of 500 if you have an online list. But if you're in front of people on a regular basis, you're speaking, you're teaching, you've been holding workshops and retreats, you can launch to that audience. And so often we forget about this. We forget about the people we're in front of. And we only look at the email list size. Is your email list important over time? A hundred percent. And it's something that we teach in terms of methodically growing both passively and actively your email list. But so many of us overlook our past clients, our past customers, current clients and customers, people we're in front of, and they have a deeper relationship and they know you well. They're likely to want to be a part of your online course experience. So my question to you is this, if you're concerned that you don't have a huge online following on Instagram or email list, have you overlooked the people who are in front of you every day, every week, meaning clients, customers, past and current, people you're teaching in front of, have you overlooked them? Because I have dozens and dozens of stories where a teacher, an educator, a business owner brings their offer to their one-on-one clients, to their students who are in their group classes, and they launch with wild success because they know them and they want to continue to learn from them in this format. So the two other myths that I want to address today is I have to spend so much on advertising to be in front of more people. Advertising scares me. And I don't know how to go about this. I don't even know how to pick the platform, what channel to focus on, how much do I really need to spend on advertising? 
And what do I do here? I love this myth because there's so much in here and I could record a whole episode on this. The first thing you want to consider is number one, advertising is required to scale. But if you are getting your offer out online for the first couple of times, if you have built in organic audience, meaning your is it your existing and past client customer base, or you already have an email list that you built up organically over time, just know you can launch without advertising. Now, if you are just transitioning businesses or you're a professional who's launching a new business off the ground and you really have no audience to launch to, it does require advertising. And advertising meaning on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, or even LinkedIn. What's important to keep in mind here is that advertising is, even though it can happen quickly, it's still a long-term project. And so you start simple and you build from there. What do I mean by that? You pick one channel you want to focus on where your audience lives. Likely that is Facebook because Facebook still has billions of active users on that platform, even if they have faced their challenges. Or if you feel comfortable with Instagram, that's great too. We have folks who focus on LinkedIn or YouTube, but you want to pick one platform where your audience is living, where they spend their time and that you feel good about committing to. And you start simple. You start at 10 to $15 a day. We're not asking you to go out and throw thousands of dollars against advertising. You start simple, you invest in the know-how, and you build from there. So advertising does not have to be scary. And out of the three traffic channels, there's organic, there's advertising, and there's affiliates, your community, your network. It is one of the fastest ways to grow. So the answer is don't overlook the assets and the audience that you do have from you built up organically and know that you can have profitable, successful launches to just that audience to get starting to get going. And if you don't, you will want to read, you will want to commit and invest in advertising by picking one channel and starting small and steady, $10, $15 per day to get rolling. And if you do have organic audience and you do want to start with advertising, that's great. But know that it does not have to be this overwhelming process and that it can and will work for you. Last, I'm going to wrap up with number five. This is a big one that most of us may or may not admit to. And that is, what if I fail? What if I put myself out there? Even my friends and family will see what I'm doing and no one enrolls. So I want to give you some mindset shifts to look at so that you can shift your perspective and not have this myth hold you back. So number one, know that it is easy. All of us, we all do it. If this is our life's work, this is what we are here to do. This is our professional calling. It's easy to make this about us, to make this about who we are, to make this about our identity. Of course it is. Because it's an extension of us. Our business is an extension of us. If we're willing to step back and look at this, instead of it being a failure, we look at this from a place of observation that this is a result, this is an outcome versus it being a failure, but us failing, this will help us see what's working, what's not working. You know, if we take a look at someone like Reid Hoffman who found a LinkedIn, 
His first experiment was an online dating site, Social Net, that didn't take off. It was just too early. It was too early for its time. And it wasn't about that failing or not. It didn't work. And that then was able to evolve into LinkedIn. And today, just days ago, Microsoft claimed that LinkedIn is now a $10 million business. Imagine if he had let that being a failure and having judgment against it and not moving forward and being willing to evolve. He went out creating LinkedIn. So first tip, tip number one is, am I willing to not make this about me? Am I willing to make this about the outcome and remove any stories I have about my worth and value and around my identity? Number two, you want to take a look at if for any reason this didn't work, am I willing to go back and look, wow, am I serving a need? Is your course market fit? And 99.9% of the time, if there is a need in the market that you are meeting, if there is course market fit, this will work and people will enroll. Maybe it's five people instead of 20 based on your audience size, but people will jump in because it is meeting a need and a market. And I remember hearing this story from my mindset coach where she had one person in her first launch and she went on to build that into a seven-figure launch. So the second question, the second tip I have for you is, How resilient and how committed are you to this vision of creating a leveraged online offer, of having this be a part of your business so that you can grow and scale without burning out and have a lucrative revenue stream that I believe is only at the beginning of this exploding industry, of this massively growing industry. So how resilient are you willing to stick to this and figure it out and fine tune with every launch? What I know from working with dozens and dozens of clients, 75 plus program launches later, that if you're willing to stick with this and to fine tune, to make adjustments as you go along, growing your audience, are you connecting with the audience you want to serve? Is there course market fit? You will succeed and you will be able to make this work. So this idea about, am I failing? No one was going to enroll. What does this mean about me? It's not serving you and it's not useful. There are so many people, I've said this time and time again, there are billions of people online who want to learn. So it's your job to figure out what your life's work, your purpose is, and to connect that and put that out there so the people who are a good fit will have the opportunity to say yes. So we went through five popular myths that you may be feeling and thinking about when it comes to adding a course revenue stream. So if you are looking to expand your business and impact lives without boundaries, my invitation is for you to put these myths aside and to know that you are capable of not only launching and getting your course off the ground, you can grow this into a highly profitable revenue stream. Click on the link below if you want to grab my seven-step launch guide where I walk you through the seven steps to getting your course idea off the ground and into the world. Click on the link below to get the free guide and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled you're here. The resources and action items mentioned in this episode can be found at destinyberman.com backslash podcast. To continue the conversation, join me inside 
my Facebook group, Shift with Success. And if you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and share it with a friend. Until next time, your destiny awaits. Bye for now.